three, two, one, boom. Welcome back to another episode of the Just Us podcast, a podcast where we geek out about culture, design, and all the experiences that we come across in our blackity black and brown lives. And you know, we're just trying to make it blackity black. I, I, think, I think that's my new thing I'm gonna start saying, you know, putting some feelers out for how it is. Uh, but as usual, you have myself, Jeremy. Danielle SP. And Treasure B. And on today's episode, we're going to be giving out quarantine awards. So SP, tell us about what these quarantine awards are. Quarantine awards is us acknowledging the businesses and entities that have done a great job uh, pivoting this unprecedented circumstance and adapting their business model to to bring customers what they what they've been selling despite the difference in circumstance but there are still people who have done terrible jobs and mm. we're gonna acknowledge y'all too <laughs> so really really we're just ranting about things that we've loved the things that we've hated it is, is is what i'm picking up i think we should use a traditional american grading scale of a b c d skip the e f <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're gonna give out quarantine we're gonna give out grades to each of these brands that we mentioned and talk a little bit about how we could what they're doing well but also how they could improve if they need to improve so are y'all all ready oh i can start okay miss treasure brown lay it on us so to kick us off talk about walmart walmart y'all got to do better baby y'all got to do a little bit better. So I feel like I've been to Walmart many times over the course of this quarantine and they have had terrible adaptability of experience during COVID. I don't feel like they've taken into consideration um, how to keep the, the store clean or how to maneuver people through the store in order to, for them to feel like they're safe and gonna still be healthy after they leave out of Walmart. One thing that they did do great, though, is they changed the way that the aisles are navigated. But mm -hmm. they just put stuff on the floor. Nine times out of ten, when you're in the grocery store, you're not looking down and you're not looking up. So how can we gather, like, how can we bring attention to the, the change in direction without, you know, putting stuff out of the, the line of sight? I think Walmart has a lot of work to do when it comes to their experience as far as um, making their customers feel safe in, in, mm. in this time. But that's my Walmart rant. But I'm completely biased because I hate Walmart. Which grade do you give it? Oh, I ain't going to be rude. I'm going to give them an E. <laughs> no, ain't no thing as an e. I'm just There's playing. No... I'm just playing. <laughs> they didn't get a C. Because at least okay. they tried. They okay. did their Walmart best. I would agree with it. I like Walmart. I would agree with a C. Um, the only <laughs> thing is that Walmart never really promises those extra frills to begin with. Walmart has Ooh. a warehouse model, like, but they do have a lot, they have a lot invested in like their app that works amazing, you know, mm -hmm. and they are doing other things to like, try to like update with e-commerce they have pickups. So they do have resources there, but the in-store experience generally, like the crowd control generally at Walmart is mm -hmm. not that great. Like the way the lines be like really is not that great. So I feel like that was par for the course for them. But knowing that their mm -hmm. clientele is like middle America, like they probably could have been a lot more clear 
and make broken things down like hey here's how we're gonna do it whatnot but i personally have seen some crazy things at walmart too those little signs on the floor they just stopped at a certain point i went to a walmart and it's like they had one in a couple of aisles that's not how you know what i'm saying that's not helpful (laughs) you might as well not even do it they had the lady um spraying down the carts at one point but i'm like you're just doing the handle you know people touch the whole perimeter of the cart so y'all y'all trying but you might as well just not Yes. The, something I've, I've been thinking about a lot with these stores, and I, I have not been to Walmart, and that's purposely because I feel like I know what I'm getting myself into beforehand, and I just felt like I had a good gauge that they were not doing well, you know, to 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 start off. But some something I've been thinking about my mind is how do you manage a store and then manage to change people's you know behavior about how I navigate going through the store with such as with such a big change is going on with the COVID right now. You know, I think that everyone has sort of learned how to maneuver their Walmart or their like shopping experience. But then you're, you're trying to tell them, okay, now you can't go down this aisle. You have to move, you, you know, you have to operate differently. And I've noticed there's like a lack of help. You t- essentially have to reteach people in a way how to go to the store. Yeah. I think that, and this may come up later. I'm not sure if anybody has this on their list, but the way that Target did it, they literally had, for for a while, they had ushers telling you how to maneuver this new uh, Target experience. They had people mm-hmm. saying, oh, you can go down here, or especially when you were going to checkout, like, they had people saying, oh, go to this line, go to that line, and, you know, Walmart used to be like that. Walmart used to have the cashiers, when they had no one in their line, They were, the cashiers had to come to the end of their lines to, to navigate people to say, hey, I'm available, I'm open, you can come mm-hmm. here and check you out. Not sure what happened to that, I'm I'm not sure. But one thing Walmart did do good, it only happened once, but it might've just been that employee. Um, I was going through self-checkout and she was like, oh, do you want me to wipe that down before you use it? Yes, ma'am, please do. But she used the dirty thing that she had already wiped down 75 other things with mm-hmm. and the towel was, damn near brown by the time she got i'm like now you know you should have got a new one i I agree with you and i'm going to take the next sort of quarantine award here and stay in the same sort of vein of stores and i'm gonna get it i'm gonna dig into wegmans a little bit now i typically do not shop at wegmans but i had to go pick up a cake for father's day and my mama really loves the you know they got this fruited cake and she had she had it one time and now she go crazy over so she ordered from every event that we have but, you know, I, I went in there expecting, you know, it's Wegmans. I'm expecting it to be on par with like a Target or, you know, something like that when it comes to maneuvering people around. When I tell you, I got in this bitch and it was ca- complete chaos. <laughs> like people are, people are moving around and like Wegmans is already like a pretty tight store. You know, it's kind of like farmer's market style. I would say it's like mm-hmm. the closest to how Wegmans are laid out. But people are just moving like willy-nilly throughout, like bumping into each other. Half the people ain't got masks on, half the people do got masks. And the same thing with Walmart, they're using tape to like denote where you should stand at, but the tape peeling up everywhere. And to take take the icing on the cake, so to speak. When I went to go get my cake, the lady in front of me had about, had all her kids with her. None of them had on masks except for her, which I'm like, I don't get this. And then the lady brings out the cake, right? She She gives it to the other lady. They start to hug and like, <laughs> what? It cl- right, and all over this cake. And 
I like cringe because at first, like, I'm having a weird thing about physical contact ever since this whole thing has went down. But like seeing this in the store unfold before my eyes, I was disgusted. Oh, I was so pissed. Wait, wait, wait. wait. It's the story get better. So the lady grabbed, so the lady, you know, they go about, the lady come over, hey, sir, like, what do you want? I said, I want you to wash your hands because you're not, you're not about to touch my cake after you <laughs> Jeremy, did you actually tell her that? Yes. Okay. Y'all, y'all, y'all already know like how I get with certain things. And I was just like, you're not following procedure. And I'm, and I'm scared. So this made me think, what type of user are they designing for when they go and make these changes in these stores? Because it's not for me, the scared and like germaphobe type of person in this, in this pandemic. It has to be for people that want some sort of semblance of regular life still. You know, because just to see that interaction, Trina's over there weak. 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 You know, Jeremy's coming from the perspective of the germaphobe. You know, mm-hmm. and like Treasure's perspective is more like, did the system like is it working? You know, like is it like a robust like is it a good flow? Is it a design? You know, like those are right. two different perspectives and like the germ issue at the is paramount <laughs> it's paramount that's the whole point that's the whole point so i was like yo i'm uh like i felt for myself I was like okay this experience is not for me at this point because no one is taken into consideration that I'm, I'm not the only one that is like you know rightfully scared right now you know everything's going on and Seeing interactions like that just makes you feel, I don't know, it made me feel wrong in that moment. Like, I should need to get out of this store. And ever since that moment, like, I had to go check out the cake after that. And I was just paranoid. Like, I was, you know, trying to tiptoe around, you know, making sure they had, I was wiping my own things down. It, it just wasn't a good experience to have at this store. <laughs> like, and if, and if, hmm? I was about to say, because it's literally like you watch one employee not abide by you know orders that that the cdc is recommending so if this one employee is not abiding by that what about the rest of these employees they probably ain't either and then as a germaphobe you're just overthinking it the whole time like this shit is not for me let me get up out of here i i picked up some cotton candy grapes i ain't even eating girl because even after i got home i just felt like they weren't right like i felt (laughs) like it was they wasn't handled with care but i didn't want to put them back because I said, okay, now my hands are the best. See, and then there's other people that think like, there's other people that think like this. So I'm, oh. I'm going to give Wegmans, I'm going to give them a C. I'm going to give them a C because for my, for people that are like me and my use case, don't, don't take your ass there. You know, you might want to shop at like a Target or something that they have, they have more control over their staff yeah. and a more sort of rules to abide by like this, like we act one way, you know, like I've been to several Targets and they've all have been pretty much um, the same experience across the board during the quarantine, but I've been to several different stores where it's like the caliber is different depending on where you're at. Um, but that's yeah. again, that's the management style, that's the training, like infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, basically, a lot of times, especially when we right jumped into quarantine, people were just using their judgment, you know. So yep. like, that's something like again, it's going to be to the person. Like some people are clean people, and some people are like, oh, it's okay. Some people still walking around without masks. Yep. Regardless of the fact that we are all aware it's a global pandemic, like 
on top of that, we know the numbers are climbing as people are opening. But people yeah. still feel like we should be open and like cooling about mm-hmm. it. Nah, mm-hmm. I've actually at one point I remember um, I left the food line and I was in the parking lot. I left my my um, hand sanitizer. So like I went up to a lady who was next to me. It's like, hey, I'm sorry. Can I have a squirt of that? Like I know you have some of your purse. She's like, yes. And I'm like, all right, thank you. So she just like squeezed it out to me like across distance. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> cool. And I went back to my car, you know, but like some people don't give a fuck. They don't. No. And so it's just like, we're in this space, you have all these different people coming in with different perceptions and expectations. How do we as a store, basically, I feel as if your store is taking a stance on what type of shoppers you want to attract based upon the precaution that you take during this time, you know? If you sort of reinvented the way people, the way traffic moves around your store in order to help, you know, practice social distancing, also help people's peace of mind, that speaks a lot more than, oh, we just threw up some signs and like kept everything else the same. Like, it's not that type of movement right now. Right. Um, and for that, I'm going to give Wegmans a C, you know? Mm-hmm. They still have things they can work on to make everybody feel a certain level of comfortability at this store. And right now, they're not hitting it. Definitely. Um, I think it's worth mentioning some stores don't really have, like, a lot of customer service built in either. Like, mm-hmm. So, like, some places, like, like, you just getting your stuff and leaving. Like, there's not additional people around. Like, oh, you need anything? We're not. So that means there's not additional people around to be wiping stuff either. So. Right. But before we before we proceed, Jeremy, you talked about these cotton candy grapes. What the hell is that? Because I, I, I'm not the only one that don't know. Okay. Okay. Cotton candy grapes screams to me GMO, but they're so good. So they're essentially, if you eat them, and they taste like little candies. Uh-uh. No. And like they're the best when you freeze them, and so like they have a like if you freeze them, it tastes like little hard candies at that point. But they're they're so good, but they're pricey as fuck. They're like ten dollars. You know what? It's this. It's a black-owned brand out of Atlanta, and they're called the Crack House. I think mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. And <laughs> don't listen, listen though, because they got. Candy covered grapes, candy covered fruit, and stuff like that, and it looks uh-huh. so good. And I'm like, let me get to Atlanta so I can try some of this. Have y'all never had? I had so we had candy covered um, fruit growing up. Like my grandma used to make us candy coated grapes, covered in it. Yeah, so like we used to cover them in Jello and then freeze them, and then they would make like little like hard candies almost, and they were so good. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, that's but pretty see- much what they do. But speaking of crack house, my mom told me this weekend that the neighbor gave her a recipe for crack chicken. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I, I didn't what know what I was going. Woo! I'm telling y'all, it has to be, I don't think it's natural, but there's a lot of fruit out here that we have no idea about. You're right. Right. Because we only get the genetically modified stuff. We only get the Cavendish bananas, as we've learned, when there's like mm-hmm. 200, over 200 types of bananas. Mm-hmm. Don't get that robust, can stay right. drive type bananas. Sorry, <clears throat> SP. Right, SP. SP. Okay, so my nomination for Quarantine Award is Wawa. My nomination. Wawa. Wawa. Um, so I personally, I will, I'm going to, it's a two-part evaluation because <laughs> overall, I thought that they really was doing the damn thing in the beginning. 
um, uh -huh. they were really quick about switching up the way the store is organized. Um, either like locking one of the doors, like just for crowd control. Like they took mm -hmm. beverages out, like self-serve beverages. Like you had to ask for coffee to be poured for you. Um, they didn't have like fountain drinks anymore. They were just like, no, we're not doing that. Um, and then they also had a lot of markers around the store. Um, you know, they have those like touchscreen order things, but like they also put like a barrier around where people are waiting. So that, mm -hmm. like, that waiting area was not like such a cluster. Right. I appreciated that. I did. Um, and even though they're donuts too, they like started to prepackage them so that when you go to grab them, like you're not touching them or potentially touching other stuff. So that was cool. Mm -hmm. I appreciated that from them. Um, but I will say this. So I, I, was, I was primed to give them an A. Because even like numbers wise, like I remember at a certain point, like I like I felt like they were crowd controlling too, like ten people or less in the store. But right now, I'm gonna say they're at like a B slash C. Um, okay. Uh, just just because like specifically right now things are opening up, like that was their grade for when it was quarantine, like we were all self quarantined. But now mm -hmm. things are opening up. And that's a prime place. If you're traveling, you're going to stop at, you know, like yeah. a, something like a gas station is such like a hub for transitory things. Right. And when I last went in there, like they brought the beverages back, like people could self-serve stuff now. Um, and I and just there was felt no like, changes to it. Huh? There was no changes to it. Like they well, brought the beverages back, but it didn't have any restrictions. No, it didn't. It really didn't. And like they were like I like you could go in and serve yourself and grab cups and like lids and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I'm just like, what? Like no. Like especially not when we are aware the numbers are spiking and we're aware that we're in a border between like places that are open, you know, and just. Right. So I really wasn't happy with that. I think that the reopening procedures, like they needed to kind of double down. And that's where I'm like a little disappointed. So I'm giving them like a B minus overall. How do you, how do you think they could um, do better? Um, I think that they ne needed to do additional signage like the stuff mm -hmm. that they have right now works like they had stuff on the floor decals like spacing things like that um they had like the front of the registers thing they have oh please wear a mask but i think maybe they could stand to have an additional sign that you're not used to seeing because people have been going to wawa you know you go you you kind of get like desensitized to what's there so maybe they need right. to do something else to kind of be like oh hey like like just be because we're reopening like we're gonna be more strict we're gonna be more harsh or like this is what we're doing to like wipe down like handles of the refrigerator mm -hmm. stuff like that and that's one of those things that i'm not sure is getting done i could be wearing a mask all day if i want to but like a lot of people are coming through there right that's what i say the same thing about so like i wonder what use cases and people there are designing for when they think about these choices but something else that came to my mind is we all mentioned how they're all moving to like floor coverings and like floor tape and stuff. Do y'all know why the stores typically put markers on the floor and not at, because I would think it would make sense to put them at eye level. Dang. But is there a reason why whenever they're doing signs or something like that, it's more in the floor or on the floor? I feel like there has to be a reason um, that I have not researched or like looked into 
because every like floor floor signage is a huge thing in advertising yeah so i'm not really sure what the what the reasoning behind that is probably because like if you're looking ahead you could see stuff on the floor like because mm -hmm. kind of if you're looking ahead okay. but if you're not paying attention to it you you can completely miss it yeah my opinion is that um like like three-dimensional real estate is probably mm -hmm. costly like they don't have space for like a standing sign or like a something like a table tent type thing right it's just flat that too i wonder how much of it is learned you know like we put signage we know we put sort of directories up above us and floor sign is below us for so long that it's just like human behavior at this point for you to know that oh if i need directional if i can guide my feet i'm gonna look down yeah sort of thing versus if i need to know what's in a certain spot i'm gonna look up for that sort of I don't know. I'm gonna look into it, and I'm gonna update. I'm gonna update this next week because I feel like that has some history to it. Yeah, I was just about to say because his like historically and like statistically speaking, though, in the grocery store, people do not look up, so they don't mm -hmm. put like prime real estate that is not it's not positioned above people's uh, line of sight. So like people mm -hmm. have studies on that. If you're in the grocery store, people are not looking up. So. I don't know about looking down. Maybe more, people are more inclined to look down than they are to look up. But I even realize that about myself. Like, even if I'm in the grocery store, like, I typically, if somebody asks me to go look for something and I don't see it in my line of sight, I'm not looking up and I'm not looking down to figure out where the hell it is. Because especially mm -hmm. if it's not for me, you know? Right. But hmm. I don't know. We'll have an update on that next week with some studies um, that has gone down. But all right, so Wegman, I mean, Wawa's has an average of a B minus. B minus. B minus. All right. All right, Treasure, what you got for us next? I feel like I picked two bad ones, but it's not really a bad thing. I think this is more of an area of opportunity because they didn't have an opportunity. So, That's, wait, 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 wait. They didn't have an opportunity, but here's an area of opportunity. Okay. I'm <laughs> mm -hmm. You're giving them the opportunity. <laughs> so, <laughs> movie theaters as a collective have failed me during this quarantine time. Let me tell y'all. Mm -hmm. I expected them to pop up with drive-through movie theaters. Let me just pop one up right here. Even the Stream at Home app, you know, something like that, where we can still get new movies and we can still get new releases, but at home. Um, Fandango, they sell movie tickets. They got a streaming app for home premieres. Um, who else? Amazon, they're streaming home premieres, but they're charging $20. $20 to stream a movie that I can go to the movie theater to see for about $8. Maybe $9, maybe $10, sometimes $14, depending on where you live. I ain't going to get into all of that. But $20. With, with, with snack, come out $25, okay? And y'all not giving me no snacks, so <laughs> I'm gonna need something. <laughs> yeah, a discount, please. But AMC is the largest movie chain in the United States. They have mm -hmm. nothing, nothing. I like the way you think, Treasure. I didn't even think about that. But you're absolutely right. Those parking lots are just empty. Yeah. So many people could be in the parking lot watching something, and they didn't. Right? 
at a place where they already own. Yeah, they own movie rights. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I feel like it, it's definitely a missed opportunity to just sort of, but so I was actually, because y'all know I love movies. I know. So I was thinking about this recently with the movie there down the street and like, how do you control who sees the movie when it's a drive-in movie is what I was like, kept, I kept on bump, bumping up against that because I could just walk up there to the nearest field and watch from a distance. Like I'm. <laughs> when I was a kid, it was controlled mm-hmm. if they had a one way in, one way out type of mm-hmm. situation. And they only charged by the car. So and it was yep. it was still cheaper than, you know, twenty dollars to go. I'm pretty sure in DC they just opened up the one of the stadiums for drive in movies. Mm, we like that. So, yeah. You know, I honestly like I would you're so right. I would love to see more entertainment options because people are going crazy. And people are like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go to the beach. Like, because they are like, they've been stuck in the house. It's summertime, you know? Like, mm-hmm. y'all are so right. Mm-hmm. Even the Bird Theater has taken and given opportunity for streaming, like pay-per-view. Per, pay like, you pay me and we'll give you this movie at the, like, in the comfort mm-hmm. of your own home. I feel like AMC and Cinemark, as two of the largest, um, movie streaming entities or like movie theater entities in the United States, they have completely dropped the ball. I really didn't, I didn't expect it from Cinemark, uh, honestly, to provide a service like that because that's not in their wheelhouse. But AMC, I definitely expected them to adapt better than they did um, just because they already have an on-demand service. So what, I don't think it would be that much more to push it and say, hey, we need to make this like a, a, a premiere at home paper. Right. I don't think, I think they could have done it w- with ease, but. A, a lot of the movie theaters are going like, are in the hole. Yeah. Cause they're not making money. And uh, they're really not making money at all. And a lot of them have begun to use like aggressive tactics to sort of scare um, movie services. So like Disney and stuff like that into not releasing their movies through streaming services and stuff like that. But because the. Be, well, because the movie does end up losing so much revenue off of it. So I think it was like Universal released their Trolls movie and made like a, a lot of money from it. And I think AMC was like, if we do that again, we'll never play your movies in our theaters anymore. So sort of well, thing. And I think that, that gives, if, if that's the case, then that provides a perfect opportunity. Hey, right. we'll buy the rights to stream this movie. And we'll put it out to our customer base because AMC has a customer base. They already have like uh, rewards customers. They have that, the customers who pay monthly to see a certain amount of movies. They have those, uh, mm-hmm. those rewards uh, in like loyalty tiers where they can release these films to their customer base still. I think that, um, I, th- I just really think they dropped the ball here. And, and like you said, they are um, financially in the hole, which I get, but I think that I think there there was an opportunity there that they missed because if Fandango if Fandango can do it and Fandango gets pretty much all of their revenue from selling tickets to movies and these movies aren't happening so here's mm-hmm. an opportunity for us to do the um, at home premieres if Fandango can do it AMC can do it yeah. Yeah. You know, I also like so much of their customers are families and so many parents I haven't really seen a whole lot of 
brands really try to help parents out like knowing that they got kids in the house knowing I mean I guess you can run outside and stuff but like usually they're doing stuff they're they're going to amusement parks they're doing stuff they're going to pools and they can't do anything so it's like you could at least have done something like for the kids like something like even if it's like crowd controlled or whatever just something and like get people out the house like give them a lesson right. after all the loyalty and money they've spent on you you know right i i agree like but i think i'm i'm kind of working on a um book piece right now for amc at home like releasing Ooh, like this there's a book piece cool. like this I, this isn't going to like come to life just because I say it should, but I think I think there's opportunity there because any any time this could happen, like somebody just posted on Instagram about a, a new swine flu strain that has emerged in China. Get out of here! I don't even um, want to hear it. They say that it's pandemic strength. Listen, <laughs> listen, this is just what I read. But like anything could be keeping us in our home, so I think that it's beneficial right. for businesses to have that in place. That's true. Where if I have to, if people are not able to come into my brick and mortar place or brick and mortar uh, business establishment, how can I serve them where they are? Right. I think you might be on to some, Miss Treasure Brown. What was the rating there? Um, of course, I have to give them grace because they did not have an opportunity to do anything in in house um, mm-hmm. or like in their brick and mortar. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a, I'm gonna give them a, a B. Okay. Because because there are brands in this category that have stepped up, um, okay. but I'm just really disappointed in AMC. Um, nice. She she said, "Mama's had to voice her opinion." Okay. She said, <laughs> "I want to see movies now." I'm uh, not even a movie fan. Like I'm not a movie buff, but I think that there's. I just think there's opportunity, and when we leave money on the table, it's just sad to see. Oh, a word. Oh, you know, but I will, I will raise a counterpoint because I've been thinking a lot about Netflix as you're talking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, block, Netflix like disrupted Blockbuster, disrupted the movie industry to begin with. Like, that's kind of the way we were going anyways. So I can see like you're streaming from home and pay-per-view and whatnot, but like, is the movie industry like dying anyways? You know, like, is, is it something that like, like, or at least right. the, the experience of it? I think right. maybe the theater experience yeah yeah that i don't i honestly don't think it's dying because i i do believe that there are people who go to the movie strictly for the experience jeremy is one of them that's true he he does not go to the movie for the movie he goes because he enjoys the experience and i honestly will always go to the movies because i like the popcorn i can't make that same popcorn at home it does not taste the same (laughs) i don't care how bad how much i try it's not tasting So I think the the other thing is interesting about this being an opportunity is once people get tired of the convenience of streaming, you know, since because the difference is we were streaming because we could and not because we had to, like we couldn't go out. But now since we can't go out, we're all looking for ways to be out. And right. so it would have I think it would have been a nice change in pace. We would be like, okay, I'm I'd rather go see this movie yeah. out because, because I'm restricted a little bit. Versus streaming, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I think it's a nice opportunity to dive into. But in the in the vein of in the, in the same vein of entertainment, I would like to give an A plus to versus TV. Mm. So 
Versus yeah. TV is a platform that's created by Timbaland and Swiss Beats. And what they do is every couple of weeks or maybe weekly, they pit two artists together to do like a verse battle against each other. And they play their like biggest hits and have this whole rigmarole and stuff like that. I think um, Fred Hammond and Kirk Franklin was on one. Killed it. They had a DJ set with, um, I forget what DJs was on there. Uh, I think Alicia Keys and John Legend just did one. Mm-hmm. But the reason that I'm going to give it to an A plus at that is because they really capitalize on the feeling of people still want a form of entertainment that feels live and feels personal in, in a way. Yeah. And if you get this rigged up, it's like you have a little home concert there and you can see your face. It's like, I don't know the cost behind this, but essentially you could do this for free. You could, mm-hmm. you know, these are two big names in music. They can call up, hey, I have your friends. Y'all want to do a show on this time? We're streaming it to Instagram. Bam. And like it, the production value has increased week after week after week. But I think it's just a great way of bringing people together and giving them a sort of reprieve when we all need it in a simple way. Like it's not too much. It's not anything extra than just you get to see two of your favorite artists duke it out over music that they, you know, both have hits about. Yes. And it's definitely a personal experience. Like, me and my friend call each other every time one is about to come on. Like, me and my best friend sat here and watched, um, who did we watch? Uh, <laughs> Teddy Riley. <laughs> Teddy Riley. <laughs> Poe Teddy Riley. Poe Teddy. Well, yes, Teddy, Ri- Teddy Riley and Babyface. We watched them together. Like, it's definitely an experience that feels personal. Like, I feel like oh my God, I just watched his verses and it just feels like you've been at that concert. I definitely agree. Mm-hmm. A plus to Versus TV. Um, keep doing what y'all doing because y'all is killing it. I have a question. Yeah. Actually, two questions. Yeah. Um, is this something that they were doing before quarantine and where is it? Is this a, a TV channel? Is this, what is this? No. So th- this is something that started during quarantine. I don't know if they, I don't think they started the idea of let's, you know, I think it was more of, oh, what if me and such has got on live together and like, you know, stream music, but mm-hmm. they branded the idea and they made an Inst- the only way you can get it is an Instagram page or you might be able to watch through YouTube now. Um, but- you can watch through YouTube after, I think. Um, you can watch on Apple Music now. That's what it is. Mm. Oh, they, yeah, said, I, they said we're going to yeah. get our royalties from this. Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> but you can watch the Apple Music and now they're like produce. It, it looks more like, okay, they're getting these people together, you know, like giving them a room. And like, I think John Legend and Alicia Keith are both on pianos facing each other Ooh, or facing it. back to back from each other. But yeah, no, it's, it's something you can just go on Instagram to subscribe to. It's free. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's just. It's a simple way to unite people and also give them a break from their reality for a little bit without, you know, breaking the bank. That's really cool. Um, I heard something about um, somebody that they had to get permission from Instagram because once you hit over a certain amount of, of like follower, not followers, but like someone streaming, like going into your IG live, like it breaks Instagram, like they cap you. So they had to get mm-hmm. special permission mm-hmm. from Instagram. Is that them? I think yeah. um I know the Kirk Franklin one that was like five hundred thousand people were were on that live like it's it's been crazy like to see that these people can actually bring out that many people and then I know DJ what's his name the guy with all the hats y'all know who I'm talking about DJ D Nice yeah him yep with all the hats every like mm-hmm. he had his he he did the first like quarantine party. 
and he was switching them hats out left and right, y'all. I was getting stressed. Hey. He had a nice amount of people on there too, and Instagram was crashing. Dang. Yeah, I think Instagram was also trying to restrict people at one point from like who could be online. It was a lot of different stuff that went into it. Definitely yeah. them trying to probably monopolize and monetize on the whole movement. But mm-hmm. in my book, Versus, which is V E R Z U Z, and their Instagram is at V E R Z U Z T V. We'll put it in the comments. Yes. Um, they they got some great content coming, and I will be tuned in each week. Every time, every time. I Maybe. think most recently it was a uh, fabulous and Jada Kiss. I didn't watch that one, but I'm a th- I think I'm gonna go back and watch it. Uh, okay, so is it my turn now, or yes. was that okay? Uh, so my next brand is Delta Airlines. I didn't realize how much quality customer service and how much money they invested in their technology. And mm-hmm. um, I did take a flight through Delta a couple weeks ago during quarantine, and it was an awesome experience. Like I even actually like mentioned it to one of my flight since I was leaving. I took two separate flights, um, and honestly, it didn't feel like they were giving me budget service because of that. Like I felt like they were going above and beyond to actually like make sure I felt safe. Like from when I bought the mm-hmm. ticket, they were like, "Oh, hey, like you should definitely download the Delta app because like here's what we're doing. Like here's here's with like masks. Here's the situation with that. Like here's how like we want we want you to use the app so that it can be contactless so that you can just like scan and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it was a smart way of getting us to use the app. But the app was useful too. You know, like I personally find an issue like when I'm like my boarding pass, I stick it in my passport, but then where did I put the passport? Is it in my bag? Is it in my pocket? Like, so I find myself like shuffling around a lot and I just liked that I could use that. Um, It was easy to log into as a guest. I didn't even have to like fill out an account or whatnot. And um, to the point where I actually like, you know, they ask you to do a survey. Like I did the survey for them, you know, just because I was like, you know what? They did a good job with this. Like I felt like- all of the staff was on point with like, as far as like, um, like cleanliness goes, like they were like going through like multiple times, like with trash, Mm -hmm. like more than they usually do. They didn't book any middle aisle seats so people could have space between each other. You know, um, they, they switched up the way they loaded the plane, um, which they should have always been doing, but they loaded from the back to the front so that you're not having people pass by you. You know, and that's something that they should have been doing because it just makes more sense, you know, when you're loading and unloading. Listen, hmm. I have tweeted that on multiple occasions. <laughs> Listen, I hate, I think there's I United. I think United is the only airline that I've ever traveled on that boards in a, a good way. They board um, window seats, middle seats, aisle seats. So it's so oh. efficient. So efficient. I've been tweeting to Delta and to Southwest, Southwest primarily because they have the most shittiest boarding experience I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But that was a good point. Like board, board back to front. Like it's it's just easier. And yeah, then if you're yeah. gonna board, board in sections or or the the window middle aisle. It just works better. It just works yeah. better. I was a little concerned because I I just I had two conflicting thoughts about the air circulation on a plane. on one hand like they were telling me like oh like because we we have to filter the air cabin because this is our air you know there's not like atmosphere up here like 
so it's filtered but I don't necessarily believe that because I was thinking it's just recycled you know like how a a hand air dryer is it's just recycling you know so I was I wasn't really sure how I felt about that but um I wasn't even uncomfortable to be honest on the flight like it wasn't hot that was extra hot you know with the mask and whatnot maybe they just tried to cool it down for me um because I knew everyone had masks on but I actually had a really great seamless flight experience and the side note to that is that since it's scary to fly right now and everyone is like not wanting to touch each other everyone was so much more courteous as passengers like because people you know people do the mad dash to get off the plane right they're picking mm-hmm. up some new behaviors now mm-hmm. some you know, personal space skills mm-hmm. and some mannerisms if only this could last till christmas time you know then the whole malls won't be a nightmare christmas time but something you mentioned that i, I did like was like the app and I hate when a company's app doesn't feel like it's helping me. I feel like it's restricted and that it's bar- barring me from getting something. Like I hate when they say, oh, download our app to like stream these movies, do X, Y, and Z. I'm like, why the fuck do I need like, Do I need to take up the space on my phone for something I'm going to use once every three months? Yeah. You know? But just to see that they found a useful way for their, to make their app that made you feel more comfortable and more... Um, grateful of your experience. Ooh, and one last thing, um, the snack situation. So usually like, you oh, know, yeah. they give you like half of the drink or whatever. The uh-huh. whole snack situation was different. They basically, they didn't really give you much options. They kind of just like had a little baggie pre-prepared for everybody with like, mm-hmm. like a granola bar and like wipes and things like that. Um, and like a little bottle of water. Um, and it was already like in a little plastic bag for you and they just gave you mm-hmm. that. So it wasn't like any of the like shuffling, reaching across people and like you get right. half a can, like that type of thing. So that was cool. Did you eat on the plane or did you? Um, I did, I did. I think I ate the, on the second leg I did. Um, but again, like they put wipes in there and I had my hand sanitizer. It was all like prepackaged things. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel any type of way about it. Hmm. And I don't have coronavirus now, so well, it worked. Like- <laughs> Did you have a grade for Miss Delta? Uh, yeah, I'll give them an A. Um, I personally, I think that they're a brand that is strong, so I, I think that they held up to their performance. Um, that's that's very similar to like Chick Fil A in that respect. Like, it wasn't a surprise that they were able to like do their thing. Right. Well, we like that. A lot of them are, you know, making an A on the roll up here. Mm-hmm. All right, Trusty, back to you. Do you have another one for the quarantine? Um, I don't. Um, but I can say like this is a like a local business. Um, so I think I don't think anybody else would would know about them. But it's called um, Condado's Taco, Con- Condado Taco, something mm-hmm. like that. And I think they've done a very great job. And I just want to applaud them. Um for their adaptability during this time, you know, with the to-go margaritas that saved my life. Um, And their their curbside pickup is just so, it's very efficient. Um, Like you place your order, then you just pull up and they bring it out. Like they know your car already. I feel feel like their employees are back there studying like the orders or something. Cause they like your your treasure. I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's me. one second and I think it's just very efficient so I just want to give them um shout out to them because it is a small business it's not like a huge franchise so like having that experience uh 
a lot of small businesses really don't have that experience factor uh, into their model. And I think that they mm-hmm. That's what's so Condado's Tacos in Ohio is going to get an A yeah. for that. Um, because sure you about, go ahead. You said what? I was about to say, I'm not sure about how the one in Columbus is doing, but the one out here in Cleveland is prospering. Well, you know, <laughs> we, we we give a lot of flowers and brand, to brands like Chick-fil-A and stuff like that, but these they have the money to, you know, invest in customer experience and new ways of traveling and all other stuff. So it's good to see like a small business being able to still provide like a great customer experience with just like simple things going along. Like simple things is like knowing your name and your car, you know, makes you just feel a little bit better. And like they're paying just a little bit more attention to their like attention detail there. So they get an A in my book too, girl. I don't, ain't even been there yet. <laughs> Yeah, the tacos are good too. So y'all up in Cleveland and Pinecrest mm-hmm. area, try them out. Mm-hmm. Treasure um Chicanos did a good job too. They Ooh, did. I'm getting Chicanos tonight. I yeah. haven't had Chicanos. I'm be so great to, like I'm gonna be so happy to come back next week. Um so I could get Chicanos and I can go visit my boo at Lalo's mm-hmm. and see how they uh, are, uh, I haven't been to Lalo's, so I don't. I'm. I would assume that they're doing the same thing, <laughs> but um, the same thing. but they even had one of those. Um, I don't know what you call it. It's like an LED sign, kind of like that you would pull behind a truck. They called that. They called that truck thing and put it right down the street and really said, "We're open." They <laughs> they said we want to get the word out. <laughs> they like get the word out. Chicanos is not closed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. and they stay open late too a lot of places have started to close earlier or like you know it's just confusing and that's they didn't there's no confusion there let's i'm gonna okay. get an a too they can have my coins you like that mm-hmm. i have two more but i'm i think i'm gonna do one because one is very frustrating to me right now but mm-hmm. i might throw in the second one later if someone mentions it but um i'm gonna give a b to this whole chain of apartment touring and this is why I think when we're in, so I'm in the process of moving right now, and there was there's a lot of considerations that I've taken into account now, the knowing that I'm working from home versus when I was just looking for a place for like you know comparability, and I I was reading this article about how we're having new considerations of space, you know, like what is actual space and how do we use it and how are we you know using our living arrangements and what do we need in apartments and stuff like that. And I have not seen, you know, at least the companies here do a great job of highlighting beneficial space based upon people's needs at this moment. So for instance, people need extra rooms for offices. People need to know if the walls like are thin, you know, if if there are sort of like sound requirements, like what's the Wi-Fi speed, things like that. Something that the department I ended up getting, they they did really well is they released videos of all of their rooms and the staff and like you could look at the videos on youtube and like get a view for it but the staff knew exactly like everything like, i'll follow my question that's all right what height is this you know how much space are they here they were like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. here are the management here's all this stuff and i felt like they had a good grasp on what Ooh. i needed to help me out in this moment what were you asking to get measured so so I, okay i was asking like heights of the counters and like how big is the living room space and things like that so i could know do I need an extra room for an office or can I just use the living room as an office? You know, I would, things I didn't consider before. Cause I was just like, I could just, you know, I'm, you, I could work from anywhere. Like I, I'm going to work from my apartment. 
Jeremy, a lot of people, I've been seeing articles as well of what spaces are going to be designed like in the future, because mm-hmm. they were saying people have been looking around their house and just really thinking more about their needs and like, maybe we would want our walls to be able to move around. Maybe we would want to be right. able to like, have modular homes. And that's very Maybe I don't want an open layout, you know? Yeah, maybe that was the main thing, that people don't want open layouts anymore. Yeah. So there's two real estate agents that I would love to uh, give props to during this quarantine time. One, his name is Duran Ramsey out of, uh, I think, Dallas, Texas. Of course, he's my friend, so he's very biased, but he's been like going out of his way to make sure that during this coronavirus time, he's still able to, one, show his properties virtually if he has to, two, uh, if he has to show the properties in person, that he's taking precaution to make sure that he mm-hmm. is uh, doing everything he can in his power to make sure that he stays safe um, and that the people that are coming to view his properties stay safe. And so he's been killing it. Um, so if you're in the Dallas area and you need a real estate broker, Duran Ramsey, he's dope. And, <laughs> and then another real estate agent, I don't know his full name, but I can also put it in the... Um, the thing he sells luxury homes. Uh, his 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 name is Ben. He's also out of Texas. You mean Big Ben Wegman? Ben Wegman, yes, Ben Wegman. <laughs> that is his last name. Yes, he's Ben Wegman home. has a cult following when it comes to houses. I know he's killing it out here because he's he just showed me some houses that I need in my life. So I know he's doing a great job. But yeah, those I are two because I wanted to. I I think house hunting and like a any any sort of like buying thing it's an interesting space for like immersive media it's like vr and ar to really tap into at this point like could you imagine if you could tour your apartment in vr if you had the capabilities or you know i I just i just you know use 3d cameras and sort of give people a sense of that space i think it will be interesting to really look into those mixed reality things people are using the 3d cameras and i think one company that does it well um is apartments.com uh they use the Matterhorn mm, 3d tours mm-hmm. but they need they, real estate agents need to get on that because i know only, i was ahead. gonna say the only thing about it is a sense of space so like if i could be able to put myself in there or like these are my height measurements to know how tall or wide certain things are that's the only thing that i'd be like okay this look nice but when i get in there it could be a box it could be small yep but yeah yep. That Matterhorn is really out here killing it. I actually ended up touring probably like two two weeks ago. I toured um, Molly's apartment from Insecure. Coming to find out, it's on the set. I thought it was a real apartment, but no. Her her apartment's double as fuck, and it's on. They built it on the set. Out Wait, there. how did you tour her apartment stuff? Listen, I was looking at like I was trying to figure out where Andrew lived. Um, oh, I did like his little setup. It had I like it had. Mm-hmm. I like the little I figure out what apartment complex that was and then when I typed in Andrew from Insecure Apartment they brought up Molly's apartment and I was like oh let me let me tour it let me do a little 3D tour mm-hmm. and I kind of backed out of the whole apartment you know because they have those hot spots that you can click and it was um on the set and I was like god damn it that's crazy how did they get on the set they were looking out the window Huh? The, yeah, so the set is, the way the set is built out is um, it's either either green screen or they built it on the edge where the window is. 
Cause she got hella windows. She got hella windows. She got a night. She ain't got no toilet though. <laughs> right about that. Right about that. That's the crazy part. We in here on that. Our highest one so far was the A plus with the verses. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna throw it. Our lowest one. We didn't have any Fs, any Ds, any. Everybody just is like standing at a C. I don't know if that's we we wasn't scoring hard enough. Treasure Walmart an E. Yeah. <laughs> she did. And, <laughs> Hold on, because I thought we were skipping D two for some odd reason. But no, Walmart deserves a C. They de- they deserve. My last one is conferences, and I'm going to give conferences a D, and this is why. So, I love the idea of virtual conferences. You know, accessibility. People can get to them. It's really there's been a lot of conferences happening now that have been helpful. Something that's missing is the experience of a conference. I, I think it's missing a lot of like tangible assets mm-hmm. that make you feel as if you're still part of this thing. Like I feel like the conferences come up, it's just, I'm just listening. I'm not really interacting with folk. And there's like chat, but it's not that cool. And I think there's a lot of opportunities and they're all popping up and they're not really saying like, I think at this point now, it's important to say, what are the goals? And what, do I, what am I gonna get out of this conference? Because it looks a lot different because it's so much easier to access a conference now yeah. than it was when I had to travel and buy a ticket and all this other stuff. And so it's just like, I don't know. I, I'm going to give them a D because they're doing great. Like the amount is great, but just the experience of it overall is very tiring. And I think we're all going to reach the stage of fatigue pretty soon with these virtual conferences and whatnot. If there isn't a, a sort of push to do more, a push yeah. to make it you know, yes, we get as a virtual conference, but what else can we do to make it feel like a genuine conference, feel like, you know, the vibes are in the room, in the space? I, I agree. I agree. But then I had to, I got to toss this wrench in there because quarantine con has killed the conference, virtual conference situation. They got the, the um, auto networking situation going on, which keeps you feeling like you're in it. They got the DJ that keeps you feeling like you're in it. Um, and I think that I think that they've done a great job. So I don't want to I don't want to completely um, toss them into the whole no. conferences. We, we can give the, we can give them as a brand an A, but the overall category is gonna get a D. Y'all lacking, and y'all need to talk <laughs> to Scooter and um, Trayvon because mm-hmm. they're killing it. Um, but these large corporations lacking. That's throwing conferences. The last one I went to, highly disappointed. Y'all had a good job board, though. I must put that out there. Y'all job board was out here great. <laughs> okay. All right. And on that note, we're going to wrap <laughs> up the, <laughs> the quarantine award segment. We're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back. All right, and we're back. And I think our, our whole point of, with like the Quarantine Awards was we offered a lot of critique and our own opinion um, on a lot of different things. And I think with us, we've always learned that critique is just that, it's critique and it can help you. It's always, it's depending on how we take it, you know, yeah. is whether it can help you or hurt you. But something that I would like to bring up and fill, fill out y'all's opinion on is over the past weekend, uh, 
eye mouth eye it is what it is thing came out um and for those who don't know it was a non-existent product that really harped on like product hype cycles and stuff like that um and opportune opportunized i don't know if that's a word i don't want to say took advantage of but took advantage of the need for fomo and got people to sort of buy into something not knowing what it actually was so essentially they put together uh, this ragtag group of people put together this thing, hyped it up, made people sort of buy into it, um, and then revealed that it wasn't actually a thing. And it was just them sort of, it, it, it was just creating a farce of like what people do and that they buy into stuff and they don't really know what it is. And then they build up hype and then like it all falls apart and, and, sells, and sell, sells itself short. Ugh, I can't think. but. I wanted to know what did, what did y'all think about it? They leveraged something that wasn't really true, but it was also kind of accidental. It fell into their lap. Um, it was something that they, a group of people had just happened to put like these emojis together um, and they started changing their handles to put right. that those the eye, mouth, eye emoji like in their handle. People thought it was a secret society. So they're like, hmm, maybe we can leverage this. But what I ended up kind of researching and uncovering is that in the way our social media works now um the best way for like content creators to like make impact is to kind of create a cult of their followers right uh, like it used to be like you you having enough followers or subscribers would be something that makes you eligible for making money or whatever but with the way like TikTok or Instagram works where it's just like a like scroll or share type situation mm-hmm. the only way to really mobilize people is to kind of bring them into a fold where there's an identity around who they are. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I kind of think one part of me, I am so, like, one part of me is, like, super proud of these people for being able to sell a product based on the fact that there's societal FOMO. Another mm-hmm. side of me feels like it's very unethical for you to do that knowingly do that when you know it was nothing to be promised at the end but as a black person if y'all want to if y'all want to donate y'all y'all funds to BLM and not know what you're going to get out of it well they were just offering people to donate they were just giving them the opportunity to donate they were they weren't saying like you're going to get anything if you donate they were just saying like hey like kind of for our wait list if you would like to donate like please do so like they, kind of, yeah. they were a little like duplicitous about it it was more like if you donate then you'll be bumped up or like yeah. you'll be placed higher to sort of like play on that which fair you know um uh, but it's almost like is it unethical or is it immoral you know like how like uh kickstarter you could do the same thing on kickstarter they could have put they could have put the the it is what it is um product on Kickstarter yeah. and say, hey, you're funding this, but all the funds mm-hmm. that you get go to uh, Black Lives Matter. I think that at the end of the day, you're still promising somebody something. They're not going, whether it's buying into a, an idea that they don't even know what it is. But I feel mm-hmm. like, why didn't you do your due diligence before you gave these people your money? And I also feel like if I had played, if I had bought into it, I would be pissed too. So I, I could see both sides of the coin. Yeah, the whole thing that sort of makes me feel weird about this is that the whole idea of that it was 
profiting off of a larger movement, which is like the Black Lives Matter movement, and creating it, creating it as more like a joke. Um, to some people, it's just like, oh, I was a part of this thing, and you know, we had people donate, and that's like the small portion of it. Um, but in my eyes, as long as the money was donated, it's going to help. And, and, I, and I know the whole argument is, you know, the ends don't always justify the means and like stuff like that. And you should be conscientious of what you're doing and how you sort of get there. But like, it was money that was raised, money that was given and money that is going to inevitably help other people. Mm-hmm. And so that's where my sort of like feelings of conflation come from. Like, yes, there probably was a better way that they could have done it, you know? But I see so many other instances of where people buy into stuff, not really knowing what it is, and then donate. And then it's just like, okay. The part that I will say that they stepped the line at a, a little bit, towed the line a little bit, was offering off the merch. Yeah. That's how to say that. that. Lie. <laughs> but we do have merch, yeah. Yeah, I was like, all right, that's like you made your point, move on, you know? Yeah. Sort of thing. I was like, all right, okay, now y'all are trying to turn this into something else that is not. But well, that's because they don't they won't ever have that viral like yeah. thing again. So they gotta try to make it something. That was the whole thing. It sounded like they they stumbled into it. They were just doing it to be cute and they weren't planning yeah. on getting donations to people they weren't planning on making it into a no, thing no, no. people were it, assuming that it was a thing it, it, was like it, was, it was a whole experiment and they kept on adding stuff you know the test i was see if it's right you see this works but at some point you got to stop yeah and be like all right y'all this is the test y'all are failed you know <laughs> this is this, this sort of commentary on this whole sort of hype cycle thing that we keep on seeing as part of this but I feel like they could have played into that more. Like, yeah, you got the money. Now you have the money to donate. But I think that it could have been used as a learning lesson to teach people about not buying into everything that they, you know, that they see. Like, you you literally don't have to buy into everything just based on your fear of missing out and your fear of not being a part of that initial hype. Like, you don't have to yeah. do that. And I think that's where a lot of designers come into play, too, is, like, mm-hmm. we put out products we get that we put out products that, you know, are, are fairly hyped and that, you know, will have, will keep you hooked into that, like that loop cycle, but right. you don't have to buy into everything that you see. But people uh, like that feeling of, like, like, I don't know if it's as much FOMO as like, we're really wanting to feel like we're part of something. Yeah, we like someone like, we're exclusive access or like we're getting like the sneak peek or something like that. Like, I'll be upset if they try to like continue and do extra with it because like it was cute but like all right like y'all need to do something else or like you know like don't try to use your platform to try to like get like more bigger than what it was which was like a flip. Yeah and and that's what and that's what I feel like you made your point keep it pushing sort of thing but they had they had a lot of criticism from people um and some of the things they said back to them was you know like we've all said with critique, take it or leave it, question it, you may want to, but like, if you invite critique into some, just not even if you invite critique, no people are going to critique whatever you're saying or whatever you're doing at any point. Um, you can, and if you choose to respond, do that. But you hear critique and then you, you want to sort of question it or like fight back. 
mm-hmm. but is it always worth it? You know, and and is is it worth is it worth having this bigger argument when I could just say like, okay, that's critique, cool, push it aside and keep that shit pushing. Right. I think I don't think all critique is meant for you to respond to at all. Um, if it's critique about something that you know deep down inside that you could be working on or things that you know that have already, you know, why fight that? Why push back on that? You know? Or then it's like also that critique that's like, um, damn, I didn't realize that. But like, I feel like, I don't feel like any critique is worth fighting over because it's like you can take it or leave it. Yeah. But I think that's something that we've all had to learn. Yeah. To sort of, because in the moment, critique hurts. You know, we all, we, all, we spend so long working on our shit. And when someone sort of feels like they're attacking you, you can't help but say, damn, I suck ass. You know, damn, like this must be on me. I feel like I need to get on the defensive. Yes. And it, I mean, I can speak from my own experience. Like it took me a while to sort of be able to be like, Jeremy, it ain't about you right now. You know, you can pick up your feelings at the door later on and, you know, you'll keep on pushing it. But mm-hmm. I think it's sort of, we all have to sort of learn how to do that. And it takes time. And there's yeah. a couple of things that happened this past weekend where like people critiquing conferences and people critiquing this. It just made me see more that it's going to happen, but how you choose to accept it is on you. Yeah. And and that goes on both sides. Once you've made your critique, shut the fuck up. Shut up. Don't keep going on and on. That's the worst yeah. part when go on and on. Jeremy, <laughs> y'all both know yeah. I'm in a situation where the critique just went on and on. <laughs> But mm-hmm. shout out to Oku. Shout, shout yeah. out to for um putting together the Where the Black Designers Conference. Um, I think that she deserves yeah. her props for that. We were in the, she deserves her fucking flowers. We were, <laughs> we were in the conference. Some of us attended it, but yeah, no. I say your point, SP, again about the critique and criticism. Oh, there's a difference between critique and criticism. Like mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. learn how to critique as well as receive it. Yeah. I think um, the key to critiquing someone effectively is also like, no matter how bad you don't want to give them the props, you kind of have to, in order to, for it to be a critique, you have to say what they did well and what they could improve upon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise it just becomes like your opinion. Right. Everybody got one of those and yeah. as an adult, you know what you can do with it. Like, but also, you know. <laughs> people, don't know what to do with it. people don't know what to do with it if you don't speak it well either. Like yeah. I've been in many a critique where it's like, okay, like maybe I really didn't understand what I was supposed to be doing here. But like you being like, oh, okay, well, blah, blah, blah. Like that doesn't really help me understand what I was supposed to be doing here. Like that I yeah. did. So. Yeah. Critique doesn't always have to be the put down. It can literally, it's, in my eyes, it should be the help in that way. Unless it's something egregious, you yeah. know? E- and I mean egregious. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, I think with anything, critique, especially in this field, critique is something that we're going to have to deal with and something that we're going to get done with on a daily basis. So we all, I mean all, should sort of learn how to give and receive critique because it doesn't help anybody. It falls on deaf ears if it feels like it's an attack. Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, That's one thing I can say that our school gave me, the ability to accept critique. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that they, they did that well. How long did it take you to sort of figure that out for for you to sort of get comfortable with critique? 
Um, I don't even know if I'm completely comfortable with it. I think that I'm good at putting a, on a facade that I am and then being able to step away and really think about what that person has told me. Um, I think I'm still working through being comfortable in that moment of receiving critique, but I think that I'm able to process mm-hmm. it so much better. Okay. I'll have to agree with you. I think I'm better at processing. Like, like I said, that shit hurts still. And I can say, I've had many things critiqued and that shit still hurts. Uh, even if it's someone that like, y'all critique my shit and I'm like, damn, them bitches my friends. And, <laughs> <laughs> and no, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, but it's like, it. all right, Jeremy. Okay, you say no more. Say no more. I'm gonna go work on it and then I'll be back. <laughs> right, but that's the same thing with like, it's all constructive. And I've learned when to stop because I, I know I can keep on like, what about this, what about this, what about this, but it's not helpful. Like as people are saying, it's not helpful. You can really just pick one thing and be like, I'm going to help you do this. Or I think this is my main thing, but you throw out a thousand different things. And I also think uh, accepting critique is very, like you have to create a safe space for it. And that I too. Being, being comfortable with the people that you're receiving critique from, um, definitely makes all the difference like I can take critique from Jeremy all day but let some rando come up here talking about what they don't like about my stuff and they say it in a way that they're they say it like they're comfortable with me and we not we haven't built up that rapport I don't think it's going to be received well so it's all about this the space that you create yeah definitely I know um like for me my experience with critiques it's like like, I wasn't, like, as far as, like, showing my work, like, I always kind of back my mind when, like, the teacher would be, like, okay, show us your work. I'm, like, or, like, they're talking about our craft. It's, like, I don't feel a sense of ownership of my work or my craft because I'm just not there yet for me to be, like, right. okay, this is what I came up with. It's, like, I was forced to, like, put something together, but, like, I don't feel like this is, like, like, skill mastery this is not something that I'm intrigued in, like, wanting to, like, make more, so it's, like, you're giving me, like, feedback on it, but it's, like, like, I'm not even in a place to, like, receive feedback, because what I was right. able to put into it wasn't, like, calculated or, like, an expression, it was more so, like, I'm trying to figure out how to get this together, mm-hmm. so. But I think that serves you to an extent, because one thing that we also learned, learned in school is not to be married to your ideas, not to be married to your work, so while you feel like I, I'm not really right now open for critique because I haven't, I, I, you know, it took me a long time to get here, but you're still not married to that work, you yeah. know? And I think yeah. that that's an important piece. Like don't be so attached to an idea either that when somebody is uh, critiquing you, you feel like it's being ripped from you. Mm, yeah, definitely. But that's, that's a hard pill to swallow because when you work on something for a long time, you can't help but become married to it or see it as like your left lung, you know? And so it's like the minute when someone starts, it's almost like they're attacking your child for, you know, thinking about it very extremely, but it feels that way. It feels like you don't know the hours I've spent in this. You don't know the time. You don't know X, Y, and Z. And now you have the audacity to sit up here <laughs> and, you know, like berate me. It, yeah. Like, that I, shit that shit hurt it that's what <laughs> <laughs> i get you like the my mama project i posted it on linkedin i was very i was i don't really be posting my work all like that so i put mm-hmm. my like my baby out into the world and this lady that i don't know who she is i really don't i never met her in my life never talked to her she's like yeah but what about the privacy concerns 
well, as with any wearable, there's privacy concerns. But if you'd like to talk about this, not under my comments in front of the world, we could do that. We could have a conversation. DM me. Right. Don't don't berate me in front of the world. Like, come on, I'm already being vulnerable here. I'm still a student. I'm still learning. I think that's the thing. Like, it it feels. <laughs> I think it feels very vulnerable when you critique because we've made this stuff into ourselves. And for you know, some projects, especially like it is yourself up yeah. in there and to have someone sort of attack your it would have someone come into your vulnerability feels like an attack it's like i understand and i've also struggled with that as well like do i even post this work because i'm afraid what people will say but i mean it's my work and i'm proud of it at the end of the day so you can critique it all you want to but at this point i've learned how to take that feedback and navigate it as a designer to figure out what's helpful and what's just annoying at this point you know Where's the preference? Yeah, because yeah. even after I, I asked her, I said, hey, you know, this is something that I had been considering, uh, but would you like to have this conversation offline? Because I'm, you know, I can, I got some ideas too, but maybe you have more insight. You think right. that, you think she hit me up? Nope. No. She just mm-hmm. wants something to say. There was this man that told us, he said, someone wants to brainstorm, she wants to be part of your team, and then the other people that don't just want to give you feedback. That's the person who just wanted to give you, they, they, they just want to critique you. They don't want to brainstorm. They don't want to offer a solution. They just want to be that skeptic. Yeah. And that's fine. Like you talked before, there's <laughs> roles for everyone, you know? People are just going to be haters. And that's yeah. that. I'm not going to call yeah. her. I ain't going to go that far. But she, um, yeah, I was interested to see her point of view. And she kind of left yeah. me hanging there. But, uh, well, We've critiqued a lot and talked about critique a lot. Um, and we hate it, too. We was haters on some people. <laughs> we, we, were, we were hating on these big corporations, but we gave flowers to the small businesses where it matters. As always, if you like what you hear, give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, all the podcast stuff. It helps us jump up in the ranks. We really love our listeners so far. Like, I get emails all the time from people saying like yo i listen to your podcast like this is dope i can love what y'all are doing so definitely if you love what you hear keep on reaching out to us and keep on um liking our stuff follow us on instagram as well it's our only social media account show me that hard to get into it at just us that podcast we're posting great content you can see some of our lifestyle stuff how we live in we we live in real quarantine at this point but i mean Real quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> real quarantine. Real quarantine. Real quarantine teen girl shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for dropping by each week. We love y'all. Yes. Peace, love, and head grease. Isn't that the thing? It's peace, love, and soul. Okay, but which one do they say hair grease at? I don't know, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. Bye. See y'all next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye.